Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hey guys, we are here for part four of the Goal Crusher series. If you have missed previous episodes related to this amazing series. I want you to go back to episode 204 and really start at the beginning because we're kind of going about this whole goal setting and goal crushing process in order. So this one might seem a little bit overwhelming if you haven't started at the beginning. So go up to 204, go listen to that and just binge listen this entire series. So what are we chatting about today? Today, we're talking about one of my favorite things on the planet. It's the thing that gets me all jazzy and excited about having meetings. (laughs) (laughs) So we're talking about creating key performance indicators in your business, also known as KPIs. So you might have heard the big wigs talk about KPIs at one point and you're just like shook your head like, sure, I totally know what you mean. Yeah, that's what I really heard the term for the first time this year in like January. And I was like, yeah, sure. KPIs. Google, what's a KPI? (laughs) Yeah. And I think there were things we had been doing for a while. We just didn't know what they were called. But we want to walk through some of the things we think are important to be tracking on a month to month basis, as well as they really genuinely help you recognize the health and wellness of your business and where you need to be paying attention. It's going to give you all the knowledge you need to decide where to keep spending your time, what needs more babying, perhaps what needs to be cut. You know, occasionally there's that that program or that offering that you pour all your heart and energy into and realize that it's slim pickings and it's not really doing what you thought it would do inside your business. But if you aren't tracking these things, you're never going to know that that's an issue. Yeah. You guys know that feeling of feeling like you're grasping at straws, throwing spaghetti at the wall, guessing about a concept, a strategy, a marketing technique, whatever it is. And you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. That feeling is there for sure at the beginning when like you're really just getting your groove and building your foundation. But I know so many of you who are a year, three years, five years, 10 years into being in business in some capacity, and you still feel like you're grasping at straws or you're just pulling an idea out of thin air and just running with it. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And time and time again, we get questions like this inside of our group about like, 
where should I grow? Or my, my growth on Instagram is stagnant, or there's no one coming to my blog or no one's buying, you know, buying my thing. And ultimately it always comes down to, okay, well, how is it performing? How is that opt-in converting? How is that sales page converting? Are there people actually interested in the thing that you're putting out there that leads to sales? Yeah, I 100% agree. It is so important to be looking at this information. And if you're not, you're this is what you're doing. You're guessing. You are putting things out in thin air and hoping you're making the right decision. Now, there is nothing against you guessing. I remember being there in the beginning of business and Emily and I would look at each other like, uh, this is how we're supposed to do it, right? Like, there is no other way. You have to guess. There's no other way to be successful. You have to just pick a number and go. And once you do that, then you can start being more strategic after that. So we would pick numbers out of thin air for a long time until we realized there were things we could be tracking. So I really am I believe there's two camps on this. There's one that's a launch-based tracking system and one that's more of like based on dates and time. We use a combination of both. I really think if you're working on an intentional launch that you should be measuring things around your launch plan, regardless of how it falls on the month and all of that. But you should also be looking at numbers on a monthly basis to figure out what's working. So the first one I'm going to talk through is launching. So do you want to kind of explain, first of all, what a launch even means to these people? Yeah. Yeah. So launching could look differently for you and your business, whether you have a physical product or a service, an offering, a digital product, whatever. But it's it's around the time when you're going to increase marketing efforts to a certain specific line of product or specific service or course or whatever it might be. Launching meaning it has a start and an end. Whether that product is still for sale after the fact, that's just your ongoing sales. Like that part, I want you to measure in a different way. But in the bubble of launching, where you might run ads, you might have a webinar, you might increase your guest posting or blogging, you might do a new you know, Instagram or social strategy to increase awareness, you might create a new opt-in or have a challenge or do like in-person shows for your event, anything like that, that has a burst of a bubble for your marketing efforts for that thing is launching. So the first number you're going to need to know in order to make all of this make sense is you need to know how much money you earned during your launch. So how much revenue came in as a result of your launch. Now, the first thing I want to help you calculate is your earnings per lead. So likely during this launch process, you brought in new people to your email list. Not all of them bought. That's okay. That's not what we're talking about. We just want to know of those new subscribers, how much did you earn per lead? So all you're doing is taking the number of new subscribers and how much money and you're dividing the revenue by the new subscribers, and you're getting an earnings per lead number. So for instance, for us, if we run a challenge or host a webinar, we are bringing in new leads. They could be 
already on our list, but they specifically signed up to hear about this launch, right? So we're taking that total revenue, dividing it by the number of leads that have expressed interest in this particular thing, and we're getting our earnings per lead. Now, this is why it's important to have a start date and an end date for your launch. And I know, like, especially physical product-based businesses, like, your launching may look different than other people, but I want you to capture this data in a certain window of time so you can measure the efforts that you put into that marketing launch against the results that you've got. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, the other thing you're going to want to capture is your cost per lead. So if you went out and spent money on ads, how much did it cost you per person to bring in those leads? So you can take the total cost you spent on advertising, divide it by the number of new email addresses or the number of people who expressed interest in this launch, and you're going to get a cost per lead. Now, our cost per lead and your cost per lead are going to vary drastically. We've had cost per lead be as low as 75 cents and gone all the way up to like six bucks. Okay, so during a launch, in addition to cost per lead, some other things you're going to be wanting to look at is things like how well you're conversions were happening on your landing page, how many people attended any sort of like launch party, a webinar, a, a an in-person event, what was your attendance rate at something, knowing how many people converted from a particular sales mechanism. So this could be conversion to sales via an email, via a webinar, via however you're launching. Maybe it's you announced it on Instagram. What are your conversions to sales on those particular things? Now, the cool thing is once you have all this information, things like earnings per lead, cost per lead, your conversion rate, attendance rate, all of that stuff, the first time you do it, it's going to be like, okay, but what do I do with this information? And I get that. But the thing that it's going to allow you to do is the next time you launch, you have something to measure it against. Perhaps your goal becomes to increase your earnings per lead or decrease your cost per lead, increase your conversion rate, increase your attendance rate, those kind of things. But you have some historical data to look at so that you know what is working and where you need to spend some of your time. Because here's what you're doing when you don't have this data. Every time you launch, create new products, whatever it might be, you're like, okay, I got to start all over. Let me try some extra posts on Instagram. Let me do some lives. Let me do a webinar. Let me do a challenge. Let, let me try all of this stuff, throwing spaghetti at the wall, right? Let me write new emails. Let me see how this whole thing is going to work. And then you're not measuring it or you're not measuring it specifically enough. Like maybe you're just like, I made this much money during that launch, but you don't necessarily know what led to those sales. So then the next time you launch, you're starting at ground zero again. You're not taking the best of your last launch and getting rid of the worst of your last launch. You're just trying all new stuff over again, or you're just repeating the exact same thing that you did without really any chance of making it better. And that feeling of like, I constantly have to figure out how to market, how to market, what's going on, how do I talk to my people? I I see it in people who've been in business for years, who have decades of experience doing the thing that they're doing, and they constantly figure out that they have they haven't figured out 
how to sell to their people because they're always trying something new and they don't actually know what works. Right. They don't. And I mean, we didn't know what worked for a long time because we were shooting in the dark. We weren't tracking these things. I mean, we'd occasionally look at, you know, our email service provider or log into lead pages and go, Oh, right. oh that was it. That was as far as right. it went. It was like Well, so and what it's leading to now, because you guys have heard us say like tweak and repeat, right? Just change a couple small things, repeat the stuff that works, tweak the things that didn't work and go on. Well, I know that it's overwhelming. Even when you start to measure all of these things, you're like, okay, but I don't know what really to tweak and what to change. So the data that like once you collect this data and you're looking at your audience and you know your people well, and you know your products well, you've like gotten some success, even if it's just one or five, it doesn't matter, right? And you're like, okay, if the thing that I need to increase is sales, what were people's hesitation? And what part of my marketing strategy that I employed this time can help decrease that hesitation? So it's little tiny things. So I'm going to give you some specific examples from our last launch and our current data collections. I just did a massive data collection from all of our automations yesterday. And it shows me a couple of things. If I need, for, for instance, on your automation in your email, if you have a series of five emails that go out in a funnel, people are falling off on a certain email or they're not opening this one, but they're opening a couple emails after that. They're clicking a link in this email, but they're not clicking it over here. My entire purpose is for them to click that link and take action on what I'm asking them to do on that landing page. So is the landing page not converting very well? or are people not opening the emails, or are people not clicking the link? Those are really only the three ways that's going to get them to sign up for the thing, right? So I can address, okay, well, the landing page is converting really well. Some of the email rates, open rates are really good. Some are not. So maybe on those two out of five emails, I change the subject line. And that's all I do. And I wait for it to give me new data, like, a couple, like a month or so, like getting enough people in there to get a new set of data. And then maybe on the email that they're not clicking the link versus the one where they are, is that button different? Is the link smaller? Is it more enticing to click on one email? And I'm just comparing very small, like apples to apples, instead of revamping the entire email marketing strategy. Oh, girl, I remember so many times where we're like, it didn't work. All new emails. <laughs> All new everything. Like, let's change our entire launch plan for everything. 100%. And new sales page, new landing page, new slide decks, everything. That, or what I now feel like is even worse, like launching once and then feeling like it was a flop, so creating something new. Yes. Oh, everyone does that. I've seen and you do it. I've been watching you do it. Stop it. Yep. Stop it. Like, or they like, they do it and it works, but like only a couple people buy, but their expectations were aligned with like having done it 10 plus times. And I'm like, girl, do you realize how much money you just made by this thing? Like, it doesn't matter if it's three sales or 300 sales. Like the fact that someone bought it is enough excuse for you to do it again. Yes. Like repitch your stuff. Like, yes. It don't give up on it after one time. Oh my gosh. If that's all you get out of this whole episode, I've done my job. Oh. 100%. And I've, I've shared this before, but I wanted to, to make this point before I move on. The 
do it more than once. Like if you only do it one time, you're only going to make the amount of money that you launched the first time. So we had a course way back in the day, like before we even partnered together that sold and made like around 500 bucks, a little less the first time it launched, which is incredible. Like for a brand new business, I was transitioning from services to courses to make 500 bones. You're like, heck yeah. Some people might be like discouraged by that and quit. Some people might just be like, okay, well, it did that. Now, what else can I sell my people? And we said, how can we sell this to more people? How can we increase the value and the price and make more money from the same thing? So we did rebrand it. We did add some more content. We did do a larger marketing campaign over the course of a year when we were remarketing it and remarketing it and remarketing it probably, what, six or eight times in the course of a year. And from that point to today, so not just in that first year, so over like two and a half years, that measly $500 initial launch has brought in over $50,000. Are you kidding me? One product has brought in more than I used to make ever. One product. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. 
I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. And if we had paused and continued to spend our time on that, it would be quadruple that easily. Yeah, yeah, 100%. We could have scaled an entire business just off that one thing. We could have. We didn't because we did the same thing y'all do and we kept making new things. But all of this to say, those are kind of the things you're looking at on a launch basis. Now, I also want you to be reviewing your stuff monthly, okay? And this is because the calendar is consistent, right? Like every single month, like it stops and ends on the same day. So you can compare not only this month to last month, but this month to the same month last year. And it gives you all sorts of amazing information. So some of the important things that I believe you should be tracking are income by revenue stream. So what yes, girl. What products are bringing in what amount of revenue? And now taking that a step further, what is your product distribution of your total revenue? How much is each product bringing in? So you might notice something, this is where it gets scary, is you notice we spent half your time on this one thing that's only bringing in 2% of your revenue. That's a major red flag. But the flip side of that, and this is what it shared for us, and I feel like this will be the case of more people, which is is a lot better, this scenario, is when you do this and you make your pie of, you know, what, how big a slice of pie is each product bringing into your entire business, you will see that there's an underdog product that's bringing in a way larger chunk of your pie than you thought that you're really not like paying that much attention to. So if you actually pay attention to it and create strategies for it and automations for it and whatever, how bigger can that, how much bigger can that slice of pie get? And that's the awakening we got last year where I was like, shut the front door. That's bringing in this and this is bringing in that. Like it makes you feel really good because sometimes you just get these products and you're like, okay, it's there, but like whatever, it's kind of back burner. And then it shows like that it's a really star student for you. So the next one is conversion. So I like to look at this both on a monthly basis and like an all time basis. So how many conversions are you getting from your list to paid students, customers, clients, you can look at that in like a short window, like compare it to new subscribers and how many new clients you got, or you can look at it all time, which is I feel like a little more accurate of looking at how many customers over time you've had and comparing that to your list. And now remember, this is not launch specific. This is overall. So we're out of launch mode. These are the things that you're you're looking at in the life of your business. Absolutely. 
And then other things that kind of complement that are like, what's the value of a subscriber? What's the value of a customer? How much money are they bringing in? Because here's what it tells you. If you know an average value of a subscriber and you get five more subscribers, you can anticipate mm-hmm. what is that going to look like? You can like? anticipate exactly. that you're going to get that amount of money five times what the average value is. Well, and here's what that data did for us. This was a huge slap in the face last year. We had a financial goal and we ran the numbers on the value of our subscribers. And we're like, okay, like if we grow by this rate and we like convert at this rate, blah, 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 like plugging in all of that. And our average subscriber is this much money. How many subscribers do we need to reach that goal? (laughs) And I think at the time we had like, what, 5,000, 7,000 subscribers, maybe like it wasn't crazy big at all. And the number was like, you need 34,000 subscribers to reach that goal. We're like, okay, that seems soups undoable, not doable at all. So what does that tell us? We need to either diversify our product lineup, increase our our prices, increase that value of a subscriber. So getting one person to buy multiple things, right? Instead of chasing tens of thousands of people. Those are things you can easily shift. Like I've seen people increase their value per subscriber or their value per customer dramatically. Like what, Megan like tripled the value of her subscriber once she like started selling, just getting them to buy more things in her shop. Like it was something ridiculous. Well, it, it think this is where complimentary products make so much sense. So we're not saying you should go out and make a bunch of new things. But in her case, like if you're selling tutus to, for someone's first birthday party, but then they have to go somewhere else to buy balloons and confetti and all the other things. Like you're literally Why missing can't they just come to you. And so there are things that complement that product that they were literally going to go buy anyways. And she just made it easier by putting it all in one shop. Yep. This next one, I think is going to be the easiest for you guys to find. And like, if you're taking baby steps into like interpreting the data of your business, this is maybe where you could start. Most popular content. And you might be like, okay, well, I don't blog. So I can't, I can't look at that. Okay, well, I'm not here. I this could literally be anything. A most popular email, like what's your highest open rate? What's your most watched Facebook Live, your most shared posts, your most liked Instagram, your most like someone DM, like a lot of people DM'd you off this Instagram story series, a YouTube video, an opt-in, a blog post. Like it doesn't matter what that content is, but I want you to find out which ones are performing best. Because the cool thing is you can turn around and you can be like, oh, I need to make more things like this. Yeah. Or what I would do is look at that content and be like, okay, this opt-in is performing like bananas. What complimentary product can I make that the people who get this opt-in are ready and primed to buy because I have a slew of people who are already engaged and interested. Get them to give you money. Yes, so much yes. Repurpose that content. Well, in a similar vein is really analyzing your social analytics. I know so many people who get caught up in what we call vanity numbers of how many how many followers, how how many people like this, how like all of that. And they want it to be a certain number just to be a certain number. But things like 
your engagement and shares that like pay attention to that. I want you to know what people are interacting with because that is where you're being rewarded these days. Well, and here's the, here's the thing. I'm going to burst the bubble on social analytics for a second. Unless like your only goal in your business is to become like an Instagram influencer that like works with giant brands and does that whole piece. Like if that's your only revenue stream, literally the amount of followers you have doesn't matter. Your customers don't give a shit. Like if you're providing excellent service and product and you're engaging and you're like providing content that they actually want to show up for, that's what they care about. It was true way back then, but it's even more important now with all of the noise that's out there and all of the fluff content. Like I would rather build relationships with the people I'm wanting to follow and vice versa than just like have more for the sake of having right. more. And the next two kind of go all together. So looking at top clients, top participants, top customers, most engaged subscribers, understanding who these people are, they give you two amazing opportunities. One, get to know these people. Like these are the kind yes. of people you want to hop on the phone with and ask them what else they want for a meal. Where you- yep. And we've literally done this like at, at the beginning and, and still now, like don't even play. I will call up some, I emailed someone yesterday. She has bought so much of our stuff. And what I was trying to do yesterday in our data collection was tracing back purchases of our signature program. Where did they come from? What made them click there? Like, so I can assess the data of what's working and what's not, right? And I couldn't really figure out where she initiated from. She's been in our audience for a while. She's bought other things, downloaded things. Like, that's great. But the, like, the actual purchase, what start, what triggered that? And so I emailed her. I'm like, hey, girl, can I chat with you? Because I want to know where you came from and what made you decide to invest in this. Because you're a super dreamy customer that's been around since 2016 and has bought a lot of our shit. So I want to know more right. about you. And it's not like we're emailing. And she hasn't responded yet. But they're going to be like, oh, my God. Let me well, stop. yeah, because they want to talk to you. So it, re-engage with these people. And get them what they want and learn from what they're saying. Oh my God. If you can record a conversation with these people, they're literally giving you copy for all the things in all the places. And I love being able to absorb that information and use it to grow. Because, well, real quick, no matter what stage of business that you're in, these type of relationship building techniques are going to be beneficial for you, period. When we first started, we did this, right? We would, we had a Facebook group of nine people who bought our first course and we grilled them on everything. We hopped on the phone, we hopped on video chats. We went above and beyond to get to know them because the amount of value that they were giving to like the, the message of our business and our brand, et cetera, was outstanding and worth every penny, right? But then obviously we couldn't keep that up. But you notice that even as businesses grow, when you create a new product or you pivot in a certain way or you're offering something new and you're wanting to kind of get back on the ground floor of figuring out how to market it and sell it and what's working, you pick up the phone and you talk to people. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's that type of like strategic decisions that are going to help move you forward faster instead of just like guessing what's working. And it's this data and it's that feedback that Absolutely. gives that to you. 
Well, and I'm assuming many of you are like, all of this sounds so great, but I literally, I don't know what you just said. Like, how do I do that? How do I calculate that? And I know at the beginning, I started going over some of the math, but truly, there's so many specifics to this. And it's, it's none of it's hard, but it's just a lot. And so if you're interested in diving deeper into this and having me walk you step by step through how to calculate every single one of these things, and then help you plan your month and really start getting ahead and figuring out what you should be doing in your business and get that one-on-one attention you've been searching for and getting in on a coaching experience, then girl please join us inside the Goal Crusher Club. Just head over to goalcrusherclub.com and we'll get you inside and you can start tracking these key performance analytics and seeing what's working inside of your own business, make tweaks to increase revenue and make big changes. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.